content warning for murder and gold. Good evening, and welcome back to the Billy Shears Club Halloween episode. And next up is a little pick from Leo Gacy, but is probably more in y'all's wheelhouse to introduce, so I push it over to you. All right. Beginning the second half of our Halloween playlist is Final Girl by Graveyard Guy featuring Slater. Eric, I know you recommended one of the Slater songs, but I can't remember if it's this one. Is it this one? Serial Killer, yes. But this one is also very uh, hyper-pop, so it's very much in that same sort of um, <clears throat> camp of songs, I guess. <laughs> camp. Yeah, very that. Yeah, Final Girl is a tribute uh, to the trope of the final girl in horror in general, and specifically to its application, uh, judging from the lyrics and the references in Scream, uh, given that the whole song is implied to be a series of phone calls. There's a reference to Drew Barrymore, who's the first actor to die in Scream. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, at one point, I'm pretty sure they even sample the what's your favorite scary movie question. This one is more fun than scary. The hyperpop elements give it a really good, like, drive. Um, I, I put this one pretty high up on the personal rankings for me because there's at least two references to the implication that this particular final girl might be into the idea of murdering her stalker. And, I mean, good for her, but also that's going to rank it a little higher on the creepy scale for me. <laughs> Totally, it's very violent. And that's a good thing, right? For a horror movie, yes. For being friends with this person, no. <laughs> also, every time I say the artist's name is Graveyard Guy, I start thinking of that line in Repo where it's like, things you see in a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The song itself is great, though. Slater's verse is banging honestly that's that's the best part about the song hot blonde oh, yeah. big school girl lipstick that was like a tiktok trend i believe a decently oh, yeah. TikTok trend last year and so that's kind of how this be. song got its popularity um <clears throat> but it's definitely a hyper pop banger definitely electro pop um and it is more camp for me as well um i personally gave it a two out of five because i just it's not, I, I wouldn't give it as much of a spooky score. I, I, I would give it more, I would describe it more of a hyperpop banger, personally. Um, Caleb? Yeah, I put this one high because yeah. of content. Yeah, I think, I do, oh, because of content? Mm. Yeah, I, I'm divided on this song. I think there's two parts, really, to it. There's... Like we said, Slater's part, which is extremely good, like, she's beaten the racist tweet allegations, boys, you know, she's a very, you know, strong character presence, and she's able to play this role of, you know, the final girl who turns the tables and starts murdering people, and is like, yeah, like, she's very good at playing this role, and like, you know, bringing some vivacity, and I believe it's, the kids call it, Slay Queen Boots the House Down, as the internet My way, Charlie XCX, yes, God. Yeah. And yeah. we'll get more to that when we get to her solo song later at the end of this list. Yeah. 
The problem is there's also Graveyard Guy who has all the skill and enthusiasm of a YouTuber making a song in 2013. He's he's just oh, not why very... Why do men ruin everything, honestly? Even their own songs. Yeah, I don't know. I His vocal delivery wasn't it for me, and it was a little too much vocal fry. Yeah, he's he go his he's not quite singing, he's not quite rapping, and also like making a song as a just a slasher villain when it's trying to be this upbeat. It's basically Animals by Maroon Five. Mm. It, it really gets most of its punch from the subversive twist. That I'm we sorry, isn't the title Animals Moles? Oh yes, That's, well Animals Moles Moles. Yes, yes. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one that like really depends on Slater, but Slater's part is great enough to you know pull through. I would say. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the Nicki Minaj effect, you know. Mm, yes. Gets featured on a song, and it's her song now. Right. Yeah. Also, I think Rick Ross did pretty well on Monster, all things considered. Oh no, his verse was good. Just. Yeah, there is Nikki. one memorable verse on that song, and it is Nikki's. Yes. You cannot lie. Right? Yeah. I, I would say one other part was memorable, but also the guy decided to come out as anti-Semitic today, so I can't be praising him on my podcast because he's a jerk. Uh-oh. Uh, yep. Wait, which one? Kanye. Oh, God. And that was his, that he's the lead artist, too. Yeah. Again, men, men ruining their own songs. For shame. For shame. All right. Anyway, happy Halloween. Nothing scarier than a career in freefall. Yep. Anywho, speaking of careers, so I want to preface this by saying the Ghetto Boys are a very important group in rap history. One of the, probably the first art group to break through for Texas hip hop, and one of the, like first two to break through for the South in general. Uh, you know, very influential, especially Scarface within the political and gangster rap sides of things, and they're pretty respected overall. Uh, of course, Smile uh, and Plan Playing Tricks on Me are some of the all-time great hip-hop songs. We're not going to be talking about anything that they made that was particularly good. We're going to be talking about Bill's solo track on We Can't Be Stopped, Chucky, where he raps about how he enjoys killing people and eating dead bodies from sometimes from the perspective of Chucky. And uh, what, what do you guys think of this little number? This song would be scarier if they did not make me do math to figure out how many victims he might potentially have by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Granted, There's they did not necessarily make me do math, but I got curious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the 300 plus 300 was an invitation. Then you had to go back and count all the other bodies. Yeah. And then you have the question of is bringing the 15 dead guys back a subtraction from the total? True. Mm. Ah. So what was your calculation, Caleb? I know you talked about that with us earlier. I had 604 confirmed and then an unknown number of nieces and uh, heads and mailboxes. And also he threads to kill a few dozen more. How realistic is that for one night? Let's well, this is more of a career thing, because remember, he talks about killing a punk back in 83, and this was released in 1991, I believe. So, 
It's a, it's a career. Man, I'm giving him too much credit. Look, I mean, it's, it's, given the Chucky comparison, a lot of it could have happened in one night. When you're mm. a possessed doll, there's a lot that's open to you. Yeah. And also to be upfront with the... It, it does get a little bit weird because Bushwick Bill, may he rest in peace, had dwarfism. And so the Chucky comparisons feel sort of weird, but also he's the one making them and he keeps making songs about how he's short, but he'll still, you know, kill you. Uh, it is just a weird thing. You know, he's the one willingly playing on his own Napoleon complex, so he's allowed to do so. He's yeah. short, so he's going to enact violence. Yeah. <laughs> a short king, as they say. Mm-hmm. I also, I have no proof of this, but my new low-stakes music conspiracy theory is that this song is where, appropriately enough, given what we were discussing earlier, uh, this is where Nikki got the inspiration for her line in uh, Monster, where she references the Bride of Chucky. I mean, I mean, Chucky's pretty popular for hip hop. Like, I know, I know, but yeah. let me have this. <laughs> okay, no, I won't let you have this because Red Man referenced him later. Then <laughs> get a voice. And also, Kiana, like one time when I was talking to Kiana about how like there was a song about Chucky, and then I mentioned was from the Get a Voice. She was like, "I knew it, I knew it." And also, Chucky's just popular, like. Anyway, anyway, so here's my question to y'all. I'll let you have this, Maddie. Thank you, I appreciate that. What's the question? Is this song any good? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a bit camp, though. It's kind of hard to take him seriously when he's uh, saying he might be small, but his nuts are big. Yeah, that's, I think... My, to my, for my opinion, the single silliest lyric that we have in this entire list. Um, I think this song would be better if the beat were not so classically early hip-hop. Yeah. I don't know whether or not it's good. I appreciate you explaining why the Ghetto Boys are important because I never heard of them because I don't keep up with a lot of early hip-hop. Uh, but the beat being a little bit slow and a little bit sparse doesn't do the lyrics any favors, in my opinion. That, that is fair. I think overall, it's... He kind of basically does all the tricks that he's going to do in his first verse, and so it doesn't really build from there. Like, most of the things that he says in this one are, I like to kill children. Uh, I eat things that people don't usually eat. I'll kill other people too. Chucky references, so it it doesn't have a lot of tricks. But it's still, you know, it's like a low budget slasher movie, like Chucky. You know, you're not here to, you know, be enraptured by the psychological complexities. You're here to see a short dude commit mass murder. I think he does what he needs to do with his uh, child's play samples and his, you know, corny wordplay for the most part. Yeah. And if you want to hear a good Bushwickville song, uh, his the prequel track to this, "Size Ain't S," is really is a really fun sort of brag rap that has actual actually good punchlines. And then uh, let's see, his verses on "Mind Playing Tricks on Me" and "The World Are a Ghetto Is a Ghetto" are much more serious and thoughtful. But yeah, this one's for the ones who just you know do want to hear about how he shot nine hundred middle missiles at one child and only hit her back. Don't know how he does it. 
I mean, I will say to give some credit to Bushwick Bill, the line with 50 guns pointed at you, how the F you go and duck goes pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also sticking up a thousand, 10,000 pencils in a guy's chest. That's pretty baller. Yeah, that takes a lot of arm strength. Yeah. <laughs> or a very good slingshot. I think he's just stabbing them in the chest. Ooh, yeah. Like the Joker. <laughs> the Joker. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I just realized we could be in the timeline where he compares himself to the Joker instead, and that would have been so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> that was before his time. I think Dax made a song about how he's the Joker. Let me let me see. There is a rapper named the Joker. Of course there is. Yeah, Dax made a song about being the Joker. I will say, uh, before we move off of this tangent to the next song, I honestly think if I had to pick a Batman rogue to have a very good rap career, I would pick the Riddler. Mm. Well, now, now you got me thinking. I think he would... He's actually not that good at wordplay. He's just very smart and enjoys making puns. Let me think who would actually be good. The Joker would try his hardest. I don't know. Who do you think, Eric? I'm just going to put Harley Quinn's name in the ring. I think she'd yeah. slay. Catwoman would be good. Oh, completely. Any of the girls. Poison. Poison. What would Poison Ivy be into? Poison Ivy would write rap about eco-fascism and she would (laughs) top the charts. (laughs) Oh, no. Wait, no. Poison Ivy does Riot Girl. There we go. Let's face it. Gotham City Sirens is a Riot Girl band name. I think we have it. And I think we're also really off topic, so... uh, (laughs) Let's go to the next song. Uh... Betty, Jen Wigmore. Speaking of bratty, violent girls. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, this is one of Kiana's picks, uh, but I looked it up, so I will do some quick explaining. Jen Wigmore is a New Zealand-born artist. Um, she actually wrote this song for uh, a, the movie Spy in 2015, the one starring Melissa McCarthy. Uh, But it's been featured on a whole bunch of different TV shows, including Teen Wolf, and actually in 2020 was part of a horror movie soundtrack. So it's been kind of baptized into the Halloween canon, if you will. I really like this song. This one was a banger. I was very delighted with it because it plays on a lot of like music and songwriting tropes that I like. Um, It's sort of like Psycho Killer by The Talking Heads meets X's and O's by Elle Golding, I think is how you say your name. Or is it golden, golden something? But yeah. But it's got that kind of pulsating. Are we talking X's and O's? Yes. Yeah. Because that's exactly what I thought too. That song used to play all the time when I used to work at Ross, and that's what I thought about this song. I'm like, this is that song, but with vampire metaphors. That's what I was also thinking. Well, okay, actually, I was so thinking... we're all thinking alike here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well, thought it does more sound very similar. Wow, that's very well, funny. I... Yeah, to be more specific, I was thinking this was to Ellie Goulding to, as uh, Billie Eilish was to Lord. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's that a my fair metaphor. comparison. 
Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is necessarily a Halloween-inspired song, nor is it necessarily indicate seasonal Halloween music, but the lyrics definitely work, and um, it's an all-around banger, and it's it's catchy, and the hook grew on me. It's a nice yeah, little... I love, the, uh, I love the, like, oh, from the male backup mm-hmm. singers in the background, like she's got her own Greek chorus. <laughs> as she deserves, quite frankly. I mean... I am biased towards liking songs like this because I like a good sort of murder song and I like a judiciously or rather maybe not judiciously, but I like a vampire metaphor when it's used well, because I think vampires are fun. Yeah, I thought this was, you know, it's just a good time. You know, the the beats, you know, a little bit creepy, but mostly it's just fun blues rock. And, you know, she handles herself well in the microphone, even if her style is a little bit derivative. But yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of fun with how she's just sort of toying with the guy and, you know, just, hey, I'm evil, it's sexy, ah. That's That's also what she sounds like when she's not singing. Yeah. <laughs> I was a seduction victim of Jen Wigmore, 2019. <laughs> I'm surprised at your uh, incredibly accurate New Zealand accent. Oh, don't worry about that boot. I don't know how to do a New Zealand accent. I just, I just saw Cork on <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. That sounded more it's Scottish. Okay. I'll give you a pass, though. I can't do Kiwi either. I, I'm aware of how it sounds, but I cannot replicate it. It is too elusive. Same. Who am I to talk? <laughs> so, yeah, the kill of the night. So it sounds like we're Trojan. Oh, absolutely. Completely. Yeah. And I think we've already decided that we're pro Slater, aren't we? Oh, for sure. Not the tweets, but the rest of but our musical work, yes. Yeah, so without touching on those tweets, um, I guess Slater is part of the... So we have our final song on the track is Serial Killer by Slater, and she's part of the, um, I guess, wave of hy- proto-hyperpop or hyperpop artists who, um, re- I guess, reinvent... Um, Y2K and early 2010s electropop with hyperpop production and flair, but this girl's got different angles, and I definitely think we see that on this um, this absolute jam. It was the highest on our spook score for a reason. What do you guys think about this? I think this one is a very subtle horror, which it does very, very well, because the song is about a woman realizing that her husband or her lover, it's unclear, is a serial killer who's been murdering women and burying them. And there's this implication, I think that's confirmed at the end of the song because of the way it sort of sounds like a heart monitor going out, that she could potentially be a victim as well, especially if she keeps investigating. And that is very, very chilling as material for a Halloween song. Yeah, yeah, she does a fantastic job of like, building up the tension with details like, why are our knives always missing? Where are you at late out at night? And there's like, you know, it builds up a sense of dread in you. And with like, you know, as you mentioned, she's very into the Y2K aesthetic. So she has the more limited, whispery Britney Spears singing voice and lots of electronics and start-stop beats. But they also help to build up the broken intimacy and the quiet terror of the situation and how like cold and alone she feels. It's just, ooh, 
Very Britney in general for Slater, but I also feel like very Gwen Stefani on this song too. I don't I don't know. I think I think Britney usually played it a little bit lower tempo than Gwen did. You know, she or maybe that's because I only know a couple Gwen Stefani songs from her big pop time, but she always seemed a lot more amped up than Britney did. Sure. Yeah, no, I typically pay attention to the sound the first few times I listen to the song, which is what I did here. But and I assumed it was like some the serial killer lyrics were some sort of metaphor. But no, as I actually paid attention, the song is literally about suspecting her boyfriend's a serial killer. Um, I just think that the way she presents the narrative is just it's it's very fun and it's very engaging. And, you know, the song has layers to it Um, and it is chilling at the end, too. Would make a very good indie movie, right? Page twenty four on the top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like the Invisible Man remake, maybe. My my one complaint about the song is how in the chorus, the first line is "You're a serial killer, killer," which is you know that's that's fine, you know it's the realization. But the next line is "Cutting girls up for dinner." It's like that is corny. You have to realize that is corny in a way that I guess, you know, you know, purposely making yourself a giant, slightly meta throwback to the early 2000s pop. You have to be a little bit corny, but this is the wrong song to let that slip out. My first time listening, I thought it was something like cutting up girls or killing girls after dinner. Like take them out on a date and then like murder them afterwards situation instead of actually being a cannibal. Let me let me look at the actual lyrics. No, you have it right. I misheard it the uh, first time. That would that would that would be a lot more. Nothing wrong with a little cannibalism, though. It's cool when Kesha does it. Ion's disease. Everything's cool when Kesha does it. Mm. Oh, well, ruining everything. Well, you guys better go listen to the episode Leo and me did about the Kesha to see if everything she does is cool. <laughs> okay, fair. I'm mostly saying everything's cool when Kesha does it to be contrarian and punchy. <laughs> and to Slater, probably find a new boyfriend. Yeah. Move to another state. Avoid. Get into the witness protection that. program if you have to, if that helps. I don't know. Either that or write a sequel song about being an accomplice. Double down. Ooh, there, maybe. girl boss your way out of the situation. Ooh, theory. She escapes this relationship, and the trauma leads her to, like, you know, get angrier, and so she becomes the girl from Final Girl. Oh, that could there be fun. Is. There, there it is. That she ha- <laughs> Unifying theory of Slater. Here we go. <laughs> I think that's about the songs that we have today, so thank you for coming to our haunted little abode. The songs that we listened to were 999 Hunts by the Haunted Mansion cast, Freaking Out the Neighborhood by uh, Mac DeMarco. What are the songs? No One Lives Forever by Oingo Boingo, Party Snatchers by Haruomi Hosono, Human Fly by The Cramps, Final Girl by Slater and Graveyard Guy. Chucky by the Ghetto Boys. 
Kill of the Night by Jim Wigmore, and Serial Killer by Slater. I'm Caleb Clark. I'm Madeline Campbell. And I'm Eric Rigg. And thank you for listening to the Delicious Club. Beware Happy of Hitchhiking Podcasters! <laughs> You're in for a scare, viewers, beware. Wear underwear if you go there. Do you guys like Tony Blair? Are we done here? Yeah, yeah.